0: And I would really say for most mamas, I wish I had known so much more about mental health and how the variety can look.
1: It's the Spirituality for Mamas podcast. My name is Stephanie Davis and I'm your host. Interviewing women on their spiritual journey and talking about spirituality in motherhood. Friends, I want to thank you first of all for those hanging out with me on the Spirituality for Mamas Instagram. Over the last year, I've been interviewing mothers there and just being so inspired. But I wanted to find a way so that you can hear the real emotions and real experiences of other mothers on the journey. So here we are, a podcast. Let's begin. Today, I'm talking with Elizabeth Bennett, and you are going to love this interview. She is truly a light. She's had quite a spiritual journey, and for those of you who have left the religion of your childhood, you'll appreciate Liz's experience. She also shares a plethora of beautiful practices that she's used for self-care and to restore herself spiritually. Liz is the mama of two preteen babies, and I am all about getting knowledge from experienced mothers since mine are still preschoolers. She's from Nashville like me, and works as a healer, so you'll hear her refer a little bit to her work. Quick trigger warning, at around eight minutes, she talks about death by suicide briefly, so if you need to, feel free to skip ahead. You will not want to miss the second part of the podcast because that's when she shares her practices. At the end of the conversation, I have a bonus that you will love, so stick to the end. Again, I could talk with Liz for hours. Here is just a drop of our conversation. Enjoy. How has your experience or perspective on spirituality shifted throughout your motherhood? <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, man. Um,
0: oh, that's such a good question. Um, so I always, I remember always having a sense of the presence, like a communication with the divine But I remember, and I always resonated with father, um, but I remember after having my first baby, that awareness of how much I adored that baby, that... Like no matter how hard it was, like he was also, he was an easy baby, but those moments of like delight or you couldn't take your eyes off your baby and like, oh my God, just look at him. You know, like I had so many experiences of like almost things I would say or think when I was with him echo and hear the father's voice over me. Like, I think the same way about you. Like, oh my gosh, look at her. And that, having that tangible experience of like what that means as a parent and just total commitment, total adoration, um, and the weight of that responsibility, all of it, and I, it just, it would feel like it would, when I would have an awareness of it, it would just echo and it would be like I'd hear the voice over me saying, like, I
1: feel the same way
0: about you, like, that, so that was probably the, my early, early parenting I think in, in the last 10 years, so many of my boxes blew up or that I, or we were dismantled. Um, so we left like the church building 10 years ago was the last time we were involved in like a regular, um, thing, but we had been in leadership and leading worship and things like that. And I had a very, very much committed, like, um, and the voice was, it wasn't like something bad happened. It was God was just like, come out, come be with me. And so it spoke to, spoke to my husband first. I was kind of kicking and screaming and scared for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. And the more we leaned in there, the more real relationship continued to happen with God and with community. And then, um, so that was like this first huge shift in what spirituality looked like and the box I had it in Um, was leaving the structured religion Um, and then that just continued to unfold and flow into more expansiveness and it was like every time I would reach what I thought was a ceiling in in um, this is where God is and this is where God isn't and I would like I remember like thinking in the shower one day, it's like I poke my head through to see and it's like, oh, hey, yeah, come on. Come on, come on. I'm up here too. Come on. Where? And then it'd be like this and, that, and then I'd be like, oh my gosh, I just had this crazy, like crazy, like I just blew up my whole worldview. What does that even mean? And then I'd hit another level and then like kind of peek out and go, oh God, I don't know. This is, this could be utter darkness and depravity. And be like, God be like, yeah, come here. Here I am here too. <laughs> And so it was like growing up and growing through so many preconceived structures of what that looked like. Um, and then in motherhood, for quite a few years, I, especially it was like a solid two years, I was really terrified and questioned everything of like, if I'm not using this box to explain what... The divine is, am I leading my children astray? Like, there was so much fear programming, um, terror. Like, and and so many of my clients have we've talked about this too. Like, one of them is a dad, and he just like the anxiety and panic over, like, if if this is looking different, and I can't lie to my children, and I can't, like, and I'm <laughs> all the pressure of that. I went through a really solid season of a panic around that massive panic um and it would come and go and then it would hit me and be like a vice grip of like oh my god I don't know what to tell you I don't know what to tell you about that when they would ask a question you know um and so getting comfortable with I don't know but I'm on my own journey or let's explore it together um and then it always coming back to the experience with the divine rather than going to a tool or a object or a book it became um. let's move into our bodies and let's go deep in our hearts and it would be so practical like okay let's all just swallow and follow our saliva <laughs> down our throat and into our heart space into our belly and go to that spot and then ask the question Mm-hmm. or now, right now, we're doing a lot of expanding, like visualization, like, okay, let's expand out to that outermost edge of the universe that's unfolding, now ask the question. No, trusting that the divine is the one to answer the question, like, like, even in scripture, it says, you know, write this on your heart. Like, that's the place to go. And so, um, it's looked so different than the way I was raised and the way I was very firmly like planted and grounded and teaching in that um it was definitely a solid season of terror and then again the father being like yeah I'm here too and I'll, I can still talk to your kids if they don't use these names you know one thing that hasn't changed is I totally have always believed that when questions or conflicts or any opportunity arose, it was on purpose and at the right time. Always. So um, whether that was, I mean, and we've had some pretty traumatic things that have happened. I'm specifically thinking right now about um, probably four, three and a half years ago, a neighbor ended his own life, died by suicide and, Um, we were the first on the scene I was the first to check for vitals and my children were outside but um, it was extremely traumatic he had been found by a a family member and she was screaming and she had children with her and she couldn't stop screaming and so here we've never discussed suicide we've never discussed it they don't know it exists and now here's a friend of theirs who would fix their bikes and it was like the greatest guy was in our house two days before working on our house um had died by suicide, and we were here we are, and I'm the one to tell his girlfriend because the cops won't talk to her like i like I tell the mom like so they're seeing me f- boots on the ground in the situation, and my husband as well was there he was first you know was there and um we end up creating space for these two little children um, that are of similar ages to my kids. One's a little older, one's a little younger. And we're just creating a space of love and just connecting and we all just sat down. I remember, I remember grabbing them all and they were like panicked and like wailing like, is he dead, is he dead? And no one had talked to them. And I was like, oh my gosh, here I am. I'm sorry if this is so like left field, but like, here I am, is this my role? Their mom can't speak. Like she is off doing her own, you know, things that happen in trauma. The, we are so not trauma informed as a culture to deal with death or birth or anything. And I remember just grabbing those babies and mine, because they were all, we were all in the yard and they were all like, and I just pulled him to the ground. I was sat on the earth. And I remember picking, um, um, telling them to open their eyes and take a breath and breathe into their heart and push their hands into the grass and to feel the grass under their fingers. And so they're, you know, we're rocking because you know it's, t- you know, 10 out of 10, I'm like, panic right and then i remember picking these little tiny weed flowers you know it's like i want you to remember in this moment that what i'm about to tell you that there is this beauty and i want you to feel it first i want you to connect with this is the moment that there is something tangible and real and beautiful that's in your hands right now and yes he's gone and my kid I can't, like my kids weeping and us all just holding each other, weeping and experiencing grief and beauty at the same time. And I remember looking over at my babies and going, oh God, I don't want them to know that this exists. And yet looking at them and going, it's, these are the perfect support people for these two children who just, they've, we've all lost someone we cared about, but these two kids, I'm, you know, this is so, you know, such a big deal. And we had hours with them that day and when they left, I, there was a lot of family dynamics that I was aware of. I'm like, that was the only help they're going to probably ever get. Because now they off, been sent off. Everything's fine now. Go, go have a, a pizza party. And um, let's zip this up and be like, let's move on. And little did I know that I would get a call three weeks later of my brother dying suddenly in a car accident. And it was my baby girl who woke up to the sound of me wailing. She is the one who found me sobbing in the middle of the night. And you know what she did? She pulled me. She was six onto her lap. I put my head in her lap. And she rocked me. And she knew what grief sounded like. And then she was like, oh, is it time to go get daddy? No, wait, now I was <laughs> like, yeah. But it's the trusting. For me, it's been like, no matter what the situation was, like I've always just in my bones known I could trust it, that the tools that we needed would be there when we reached for them, even if we didn't have them before, that they would just be there with our children and with life. And that's definitely been probably one of the most formative pieces of my worldview with them of just like knowing that, okay, if this is it, if this is what is this, if this is what's given us and right now, then it's on time and we can trust it. And there's a reason and there will be an unfolding from here.
1: That's so good. Especially that last statement. Like it's on time and it will be, there'll be an unfolding from here too.
0: There will be, there always is. And there's always to know that each of those things are, seeds that are planted to produce fruit all of them are like we're constantly producing planting seeds it's constantly planting seeds i'm reading a book right now that i love and it's like you look around the room and this is everything that you see in the tangible world is what you've been planting this is the harvest of your yesterday wow so literally look around your space this is exactly what you have created in your imagination with co-creating with the divine this is exactly a perfect physical tangible image of yesterday and all your yesterdays and then from that moment you can then edit it or or enjoy it and go wow yeah I sure did or Ooh. <laughs> so so then we can look at that and go okay so if I'm planting and I'm creating right now with every thought with every breath what else do I want to plant as well? I think it's putting your time and attention, which is spiritual currency. Time and attention is spiritual currency. So putting that time and attention and creative, creativity and imagination, which is I think where a lot of our seeds come from, into what we want to eat, what we want to harvest, the way we want to live. And that is a much more expansive, that looks and feels like expanding limitlessness, which is the truth of the universe, rather than, okay, here's my plot of land, I must steward it well, and I must pull all the weeds. And it's a yes, and, because we don't want to ignore either, but do we at least spend equal time dreaming? So
1: kind of related to this. Um, how do you use your spirituality however you want to say it, to stay sane in your motherhood?
0: <laughs> A couple of, couple of the tools that I resonated with all my life, when I was journaling. And I remember um, when my littlest one was tiny, so probably seven, eight years ago, eight years ago, um, starting to journal with two colored pens and ask a question. And then as soon as I would like, I would also sometimes just like blur my eyes. So it wasn't my brain. It was just my heart and just stream of consciousness. Like you don't filter it. You just write, 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 write. Um, And then, you know how sometimes when you're writing that sometimes the, I began to expect that the tone would change from me dialoguing with myself to receiving communication from the divine. And so I would, Change the pin color when I would feel that change, or go to, then ask a question. Or um, sometimes I would just like put quotes around it when I could feel that it was receiving information, receiving communication. So that was one um, that just brought so much meaning because it's again always flowing in. The communication always there, pouring into us all the time. It's creating space and a way to receive the communication, like dialing in with your radio you know for this us vintages with an actual radio dial um and then then I went through like so has always been a part then um after my brother died actually I went through a really long season that I still feel like I dip in and out of where I like physically couldn't read and write very well like it was not like reading and writing was just like e- too much. It was bizarre. It's a very strange sensation. It was like brain fog on steroids. Um, and then, different seasons, physically having some burnout seasons, with that, with that is a common symptom for me of just like can't. Um, and then, embodiment movement, nonlinear movement, has probably been one of the most powerful practices for me. And then, lately, I was, um, if you don't follow Ruthie Lindsay, do. She's amazing and precious. Um, and we met through a mutual friend, actually Krista Gifford, and um, she invited us to go have tea ceremony with a friend of hers. And if you haven't followed the tea huntress, follow the tea huntress. And this is a woman who has been studying teas for decades. And she has a new shop. She just opened in 12 South. And But she's been pouring ceremonial tea, like Buddhist tea, like where they take the tea. It's just the most magical, silent, like meditative practice. So we're there for this beautiful full moon. And I fell in love with it. And then like a week later, Ruthie invited me over to have tea the way she does it at her home. And when I tell you, it was like an hour and a half of just constant stream of download of just awareness of just this constant flow. And it's so beautiful and it resonated so deeply with me because again, I believe so much. It it has to be five senses. You need to be able to see, smell, taste, feel like all of these things here. Um, and so from that day I have started my own tea time every morning, every morning. Um, and It's pretty crazy because um, it kind of coincided with some health situations for me with my hormone, having issues with my hormones and my cortisol levels being crazy high upon wake up. So I was waking up with like high, high cortisol levels anxiety. And um, so I started about three months ago, not getting out of bed, which was terrifying for somebody like me. Like I was terrifying it was so it's so silly to think about it sometimes but like I would wake up and um my husband would go down and start coffee which is normally our time to connect and I would literally sit there in bed and hold myself going no we're not going to get out of bed we're not going to get out of bed until we feel good about getting out of bed so I started there and I started listening to a couple songs or listening to a meditation before getting out of bed and then it just kind of I added on bringing a hot water thermos up to bed with me when I went to bed and bringing a tea cup with, a, with tea in it and then not getting out of bed and doing tea. And then after exploring tea ritual with Ruthie and with my friend Sarah, it just was like a portal opened. And now I swear, I'm like, it's like an hour, hour and a half. I'm up there and that's just, I have the most incredible Incredible experiences with myself. I've never had um for most of my life I haven't had childhood memories pre seven to ten. And like she is coming to like we're doing inner child work. We're like just and in my heart one day, a couple weeks ago, it was just like I was like, I just cannot believe how powerful this is. And I was just like, wow, this is amazing. And I heard my heart just say, like, we don't do 15 minutes with a journal. We want tea party. And we want to just sit and listen to music and drink tea. But we need an hour and a half to warm up. We need, like, and it's such a luxury. Yeah. It's such a luxury. And in this season, it has been probably one of my greatest healers ever. And I, now I have like, it's just unfolded because I love creating spaces and I love beauty. And so it's now I have like, it's just what I, my advice would be is just like, no matter what it looks like for anyone, let it like whatever delights or lights you up, follow that and expand on it. So the tea is started with tea. And then I made sure that I had my most beautiful cup that I loved. And now it's we've reached the point where now i get out of bed and i go sit under the morning light of my window and i have a rug and i have a box of beautiful rocks and crystals and th- shells and i have um my journal and my few beautiful books and poetry or a couple of card decks and d- different books that i like want to dabble in and um plants and every day I arrange my space a little differently and I have these tea leaves that are decades old from ancient ancient trees that are like the most beautiful (laughs) it's just amazing and so I think it can be starting really small but to create beauty and arranging a space and I just it lights me up It lights me up. Beauty and wonder for me have always been the way that the divine spoke.
1: That's so good. Um, When you said she is doing inner child work, who is she? (laughs) So me, but
0: like my inner child comes up like her own little person. Um, And I I coincided with starting some um, counseling with a woman here that does um, adult chair and um, Enneagram coaching, and she's just brilliant, and she does a lot with an incredible inner child coaching, um, of just creating space, so it's like she'll, um, I, it's, is for me, it's more of, like, just opening a space and a time where I don't have, I'm not walking, looking at a clock, I'm not rushed, um, I, when when anxiety or I feel rushed, or like I need to hurry up or wrap up comes up, I'll sit with that and ask it why it feels it, it needs to do that. Mm. Um, I've uncovered so much fear and this afraid of getting in trouble or um, being late or not being enough or not doing enough and then that affecting my value. So do I even have worth if I'm not there doing breakfast. If I'm not, if it's not me doing everything all day long, then do I get kicked out of the tribe? Because if we look at it, our nervous system, our nervous system with this epigenetics is ancient. We have tens of thousands of years of genetics and that, you know, I'm a woman, I'm 38 years old and genetically in my cell tissue, I've got a story that says for until very recently you move on past childbearing years, you either need to make yourself invaluable or you get traded in for a younger model that's more fertile to make more babies for the tribe. Right? And so I think it's easy for us to get so caught up in our heads with our own stories, and our own traumas. But sometimes we gotta, when I really remembered that a few months ago, I was like, oh my God, yeah. Like, I'm not crazy, like literally my nervous system goes, hey, 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 lady, make sure you're doing everything perfect all the time because <laughs> because you're not you know, so fertile anymore or you're nearing that close of that season. Or, and then the same thing with younger mamas. It's the same thing. If I don't keep my baby alive, I have no value. If I don't, if I don't keep this perfect and that perfect. But we're not living in a tribal culture anymore where we're supporting each other. We're also not living in a tribal culture anymore where the women retreat for three to five days every month to bleed together and to talk and to dance and to be vulnerable and to be angry and to create beauty. It's just 24-7 on your shoulders all the time. And we weren't designed for that. Now, can we do it? Sure. Sure for a while, but it's going to cost us. And I would really say from most mamas, I wish I had known so much more about mental health and how the variety can look because I have plenty of people in my family who, um, people in my life that have extreme panic and anxiety and depression, and it looks very outward. You can see it on the outside. For me, it looks like disassociation and robotic life and I can look highly productive and not feel my heart for months you know and so that I think is so important and knowing okay all right if I feel like a heavy wet blanket and I'm depressed and I'm there there's heaviness or anxiety like let's sit with it let's not ignore it and let's explore it for a week, two weeks, three weeks. You get past two to four weeks, we're now in a hormone or chemical patterning in the, in the brain that needs to be, like, explored further. Because we're not meant to do that for,
1: like, a long, 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 long time. Right. That's good. So you had said journaling embodiment, the tea, the tea ritual... Um, Is there anything else that has really been a part, and even just in the most simplest ways, of keeping you connected to source while you're with your kids? Yes, beauty.
0: Beauty. Design. I think that design is a spiritual gift. Um, And it's looked like little things. It's looked like... um, Highly prioritizing beauty in my life and in my home. Highly prioritizing it. Um, For me, beauty and wonder has been my bridge to the divine. And making space for that. uh, I remember moving into a teeny tiny apartment in um, Franklin, actually. And I was gonna have like the tiniest little kitchen and I put in open shelves Up so I could have a little bit more shelf space, and so I got rid of every bit of Tupperware. I went through my kitchen and I got rid of every single thing that wasn't pretty and functional. So if it wasn't beautiful and functional, functional wasn't gonna cut it. So I switched to things like I got open mouth canning jars, wide mouth canning jars, and I used that instead of Tupperwares. Got gallon, half gallon size, and all the way down, and I could keep all of those on my shelf, and they were beautiful. I got rid of every dish that I didn't think was lovely. I
1: love
0: it. And so everything that I have in my home for the most part, yeah, it's beautiful. And it didn't cost a lot. I mean, I've not had – I mean, I I had access to abundant resources, but I didn't know that I did at that point. Right, right. I, I have always discovered, you know, if, if you're looking for it, that's going to come – you can know, you say what you want and it'll show up. But – whether it was goodwill, I mean, everything, and so decluttering, removing the clutter, that was, um, it was a huge, huge part of my journey of releasing control and trusting that what I needed would be there, um, but that beauty and wonder have to be prioritized, so with, whether it's the way I set up my home, my kitchen, or when we are, um, like I'm looking out the window right now, now, and my my eye is immediately drawn to the shape of the roots of the tree, and the way the dandelions are coming up around it. Like we've got to slow down. To for me, that's the easiest. The, that and like add music, and it's like the best. But to just slow down and go, oh, it's interesting the pattern of the bricks. Because hmm. everything is done in order and beauty and wholeness is all whole the parts are all parts of a whole and i think that nature and art and design all teach us aspects of that and can bridge bridge the awareness into the divine it's almost like it puts you in a place of gratitude instantly but without but it's like that bone deep belly deep gratitude not the list of i'm thankful for ooh That hits me. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I I still try to do the I'm grateful for thing, but it's not authentic to me. Mm -hmm. But when I look right here on my mantle and I see this collection of beautiful things and the plants that are alive and falling out and the weight, I'm just like, wow. Wow.
1: Honestly, that's so true, and I would have never put words to that. Like, that is just such a... Like, I, I would say my energy swings masculine, and what you're describing is very much from the feminine and it's like, wow, I mean, that's just true. And it's, I wouldn't have really put words to that. That's just, it's so powerful. I mean,
0: it's just like, and I love arranging that. I love creating space. I love even in like my life, whether that's the homes I live in or things with spaces for friends or creating, like I have some ideas right now, like creating, a tangible, easy access way to ha- create a sanctuary space for every single mama, every single woman, whether, you know, to, to create, to gather, and to package that accessible. Or whether it's, you know, in my work, working with, you know, the soul or the body is also creating space, decluttering, and creating the awareness of the temple, the sanctuary that we have access to within our own body, in our own heart, our own experience. And so I find that it's so interesting right now as I'm really identifying how important beauty is to look at with our eyes and how it's absolutely mirrored on the inside and so whether it's why do we you know why is my home the way it is and why do I do the work that I do and how do I parent like like I think the most important book every mother should read to their children is Secret Garden and Little Princess like Talk about a books to awaken wonder, like, oh my god. It's like the most powerful, powerful thing to read, to slow down, and especially in spring, every woman on the planet should be reading, every man on the planet should be reading their children. Secret garden during spring. It's life changing.
1: So that's one of the like classic questions that I'm also asking is books, resources tools, things that have, like, helped you so much. And just as a woman, but in light of motherhood, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, parenting stuff is, like, yes. Okay. So, um, rattle off. Um,
0: Caring for the body. Eden Energy Medicine 5-Minute Energy Routine. Took me from dead and having to, like, Begging for multiple naps a day to like functional, it's magic. And after over a year studying with them now, you would think that I've had like oh, but now I know all this other newer stuff. No, it's really that good. I just have a much deeper depth of knowledge of why those movements are so amazing. Amazing. So that is fundamental. I could make a video. I could put on Instagram. But I have a couple videos already up on Instagram. But yeah. Eat an energy medicine five minutes a day um, a stainless steel spoon this is gonna be crazy stainless Cut steel it. spoon <laughs> on the bottom of your feet you know it's a stainless steel one if a magnet will stick to it okay but the curve of stainless steel of a spoon you know you spoons this way so you flip it upside down so it's like this so you put your bottom rub it on the bottom of your feet it creates an electromagnetic field that demands grounding instantly. And it corrects polarity in the body. So every single body has a north pole and a south pole just like the planet, right? And stress, anything can disrupt the polarity and cause scrambled energy. So literally spooning the feet is essential. I put it next to my toothbrushes every day.
1: We're you do it at night, morning, all the time?
0: As so many times as you can. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So those are two, those are some very practical, practical
1: Where did you learn that?
0: Um, In training with Eden, yeah. (laughs) Uh, The stories I have though that I can tell you are like insane, like
1: insane results. Is there anything else that's just like resonating with you? that you wanna share. I I didn't ask what are your rituals not on a daily but on more of like a monthly cycle or anything like that or seasonal cycle that you tend to embrace that have helped you?
0: Oh gosh, I love love
1: my monthly cycles.
0: Um, Bleeding consciously and having a moon time ritual is probably one of the most impactful things Um, I love. And I love specifically with parenting, it's totally transformed my relationship with my daughter because we do sleepover nights every month now. So whenever I start my period, she she's very in tune with exactly where the moon's at. And she's like, aren't you, we get our sleepover soon. So we have one night that I do with her and that's very fun and we just watch a movie and we both will pull a card and um, snuggle and talk and whatever. And um, then one night I Set aside for myself, and I still sleep with her in her bed. But I get up, and I, you know, I, I have my time, and um, I write what I want to release and burn that
1: every month. I love everything that you ever have to say. I just want to <laughs> ask you more and more questions. I could spend minutes and hours and just like let will do it some more. I'm there. Okay. I'm totally down for it. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> See ya. Thank you so much for listening, friends. If you personally have any follow-up questions for Liz, reach out to me through our website or the Instagram. At the end of June, we want to do a live interview with her and ask her your questions. And if you want to connect with Elizabeth Bennett, find her on Instagram at an invitation to wonder with dots between each word. Also, there is a bonus from our combo that is on my website. It's only eight minutes and it's about dishes and laundry. Hello. It rocked my world because it is so practical. Since she has kids that are older than mine, I asked for some desperate help in the laundry and dishes world. I'm telling you, my days have never been the same, so highly recommend. You can find the eight-minute combo on my website, www.spiritualityformamas.com.